Hi there, welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree and Squarespace, and we will tell you all about them later. Uh, Games boss from Giant Space Capriano Wu is not with us again this week. She is off conquering the world, uh, but I am joined, as always, by editor of the world of the, Mad- <laughs> of the Mary Sue, uh, Mary- Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? Were you going to say editor at the Maddie Sue again? I-, I almost did. I almost did again, yes. You know... We should just make that canon. I should just be editor at the Maddie Sue, Maddie Sue Myers. This is my like uh, secret ops campaign to get them to rename the site after you is really. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. I, I'm not going to say it will never happen because I'm an optimist, but I, I don't I don't currently know of any plans to do that. I mean, this is how Napoleon came to power. So I figured that if that worked for him, it could work Napoleon for you. and I had a lot in common. We're both. <laughs> In love with a hot brunette who's way taller than we are. And You've both conquered Italy. <laughs> both <laughs> conquered Italy. Both <laughs> shorter in person than you'd think. Anyway. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to think of other things, but I think we, we could. That's it. That's, yeah, that's that's a it. big three. That's really all it is. Mostly that you know. Italy thing. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, it, it takes a lot of a lot of effort to conquer Italy. So, you know, you should be proud of that. You should say talk about that more. I should. I should talk about it more. I don't think anybody knows that I did that. <laughs> Least of all, Italy. I don't think Italy's yeah, aware that they're that happened. They're going to be very surprised. Vitici's going to be super they surprised when he finds out. will be. They will be. <laughs> but they think they'll be really happy. Uh, so we also have a psychotherapist and senior I, senior editor at imore.com, uh, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I'm so shocked I'm getting introduced like second. I don't this doesn't happen. I know. This is like like ten minutes before. So weird. Like, I don't it's even like being introduced first. <laughs> this whole thing is very uncomfortable. I don't <laughs> like it. I have to wait another eight minutes before I'm ready. Yeah. Skip. Okay. Let's just have Skip eight me. minutes of silence in honor of whatever introduction <laughs> yeah. Bree would have ordinarily. I'm, I'm gonna done. pass, Steve. You're gonna pass? <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> There are no rules. We break the rules on this podcast. I'm passing. I guess you have to circle back around. I guess you got to introduce somebody else and then come back. I feel like we're, you know, we just spent all this time talking about Family Feud right before the show started. And now we I feel did. like George is like taking Family Feud rules and applying them to the podcast. And I don't know how I feel about that. She's, she's Georgia they call, now. She they she call wants. her Game Show Dow. That's why they call game her that. Game Show Dow. I'm, so everybody, I'm Morgan Romine, and I'm filling in for Brie, uh, and she told me to be energetic, and everybody else has told me to listen to Brie and interrupt everybody, so I'll just introduce myself. How's yeah. that? Yeah! That's fine. <laughs> That's, that is in the spirit of the show. Yeah, that- in the spirit of isometric, Morgan Romine, um, otherwise known as Roulette, and the reason I am here is because I'm friends with Brie, and I think I talked her ear off at last GDC, and she then therefore has this imp- impression of me that... <laughs> I can talk a lot, which, you know, <laughs> I'll do what I can to try to to try to live up to that expectation. Um, but I'm formerly of the Fragdolls and, and Ubisoft. We founded the Fragdolls like in 2004, a long time ago. So I've been doing esports for a really, really long time. And I worked for Red 5 Studios um, with uh, Firefall after that as their director of esports. And I am writing a uh, uh, anthropology dissertation right this minute, like as I'm on talking to you guys and typing. Oh, really? <laughs> That is really incredible that you're multitasking. So sorry. For I mean, it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just kind of like just mashing the keys as you speak. Cool. What is, what is your dissertation on? I love anthropology. I, I, I am with you. I love anthropology too. I, I did it in, as an undergrad while I was playing tons of EverQuest. And so these things <laughs> merged into my 
my now future of of talking about games um, for, through an anthropological perspective. But I, I actually, while I was uh, working as an esports director for Red Five Studios, I was also doing research on them. And they knew this; it wasn't like a secret spy thing. <laughs> I don't know why they thought that was an awesome idea, but um, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, right. Like, let's have this like social scientist um, just sit among us and then analyze and pick apart everything that we're doing. But well, luckily, Riot does that now, and they pay them. So that's, clearly, you know, that's that's kind of the thing is that you have to you kind of have to do that. Like, you yeah. want to pay them so that they're not going to tell people things that you wouldn't want them to. Uh, mm. Red Five is not paying me to not do that. But luckily, <laughs> for them, you can talk smack. They didn't even make you sign anything. No, I mean, yes, we signed NDAs <laughs> okay. in terms of like their technology, sure, but <laughs> they actually signed my paperwork saying that it was okay for me to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Um, but like, it's lucky for them that they're, they sincerely were so awesome. I love those guys still. I haven't, I've, I have not been with Red Five for two years now, and I still adore all the people that I worked with. Um, so it'll, it, that works out well for them. <laughs> Maybe they were extra nice to me because I knew I was doing research for them. Or about them but that doesn't make their player base nicer and those are the people who your research was about right well it was about both their player base and also their development practices and i'm particularly interested in feedback and beta testing because there's kind of while firefall was being unleashed we went they went through this really long closed beta period and open beta period like really long like two years of an open beta period um and I, so I kind of got to see the effects of that really long feedback cycle on development. Um, and I have a lot of things to say about that. So, so what, cool. how is, about. was it too long? Is there a point where it's too long of having an open beta? I mean, I would say yes, generally, but I think that it's really a matter of how you handle it. Um, because there's, I mean, and, and Developers know this. I mean, they've been they do play testing a lot, and they know that it's really important to get new people in who haven't played the game before, so you can get kind of a fresh perspective. When you have a really long beta, it, you have people who've been playing it forever, and so they they start you know they have their first impressions, but then they keep playing it and keep playing it, and their sort of ideas of what it should be might not sync with what your vision is. It becomes a really kind of a weird thing, and also because you're trying to use it as a marketing tool, which becomes fraught. Um, you're trying to like in red fives case, they opened the store while it was still an open beta. So it's a beta, but you're taking money, which is really fraught because then you give people things and then they're, they want that thing to stay. And if, if you, if your designers decide that that's broken, uh, then you have to fight your community about why that thing needs to not be there anymore. And so it just and now becomes they're angry and you're yeah. getting bad press. Exactly. You see, my favorite part of, uh, when I played EverQuest on their PVP server is that we, we all started out as like on their beta and then when it was open, we knew the game so well, we got to like slaughter all the new people so right. easily because we'd been like, like we'd just played for so long. We knew exactly where to go, what to get. It put us at a huge advantage and, you know, because you're, you're player versus player, it was not exactly fair for everyone else. We ruined the fun for I think most of the people <laughs> that started out the game. Were you, did you play on Valenzek? Which which server did you Rallo play? Sec. Oh, okay. I was on Valenzek though. Oh, were you? Ah. Yeah, the team PVP, which was so fun. I missed my request I badly, totally hear but you. 
<laughs> I totally hear you. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's hard too with an esports game because, of course, like we were promising to make it an esports, and this is where like my part of this even you know kind of rolls into it. So, I mean, thank goodness I'm doing ethnographic research where we accept the fact that as participants in this participant observation, like we're we're playing a role in what's happening. Um, like I, I mean, we're we were trying, we we're saying this is going to supposed to be a really big esports title, so the players who are hardcore esports players want to get in early to get really good at it so that then they're the ones who are winning the money later. So of course, but mm. then you have to, you have to, I don't know. It, it, thankfully it's enough to write a dissertation about, and that's what I'm doing right now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's pretty, I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully still, I know a lot of people who hate their dissertation, so I at least am happy. About you that usually part. hate it by the end, just because you're just so sick of writing it. I'm, I'm just sick of the process. Yeah, they tell you, like, you know, make sure that this is what you like doing for, like, the next 10 or 15 years when you pick a dissertation, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like picking a career. I've been working on it for eight years, so I'm, I'm there. I'm supposed to finish it in December, and, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to make myself do that. God, I, awesome. I finished my thesis, and, like, the like I, I just wanted it done. I, I got rid of that as quickly as possible because <laughs> I was just like, ah, you know, That's no smart. one's going to read this. That is my mantra as I'm writing. Nobody's going <laughs> to read, gonna read Nobody's it. going to read this. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah. a, fr- a good friend of mine just the other day told me, you know what they call someone whose last chapter doesn't make sense? Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that is basically going to be me except the whole thing. But still, I think I think they'll give it to me just because they like me because I'm charming. Right. I don't right. know. Right, because they're not going to read it all either. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just have to do a good job defending it, right? Like you have to give a talk and yeah. explain your points. If you can if you can nail the public speaking part, I think you're golden. You know, our our department is super awesome this way in that they don't make it a public defense. There it totally oh, nice. depends on your on your school and your department, but at UC Irvine, the anthropology department does not make you do a public defense, which is great. And I'm well, stoked awesome. on that. that um, is but I mean I think awesome. I can talk about my topic well. It's just the producing of words. And right. like making them make sense together. <laughs> Word sentence is difficult. Yeah. I know, really. <laughs> so do you so do you get to work doctor into like into your screen name once you get the PhD? Oh you... yes. I'm gonna beat everybody over the head with that. <laughs> you me? It's been eight years, darn it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's Dr. Like Roulette, day one. you're gonna be on, on uh, Yeah, Doctor Roo. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh so, so Brie has um graced us with the second part of the fanfic that she started last week since she can't be here she wanted to make sure to to contribute so she sent this off we have again not listened to this other than to make sure that we that it would actually play so we're going to be learning all about the world of nintendo fanfiction along with you so i guess here we go Hey, Isometric Workers, this is Brianna. Um, I'm not going to be on Isometric again this week, so what I thought I would do is read you another awesome fanfic for the show this week. This one's called Peach's Sleepover, a Legend of Zelda Mario crossover fanfic by Peach X Zelda. <laughs> it was a normal, beautiful day in the Mushroom Kingdom, and while Mario was off on a courting <laughs> vacation, Princess Peach decided to stay the other one and look after the castle. She pulled out her top of the line mushroom no. kingdom cell phone and scanned through her list of contacts. <laughs> that would be so funny. She found Zelda it at the very be. bottom of the list. Peach and Zelda never really hung out much until one time when they met at the library and had a perfectly fun conversation about the most random of subjects. She decided that she would call <laughs> I think this Zelda is get to see if she wanted to come over oh, for yeah. some tea or something. Hello, this is Zelda, she said. 
Hey Zelda, Peach said energetically and adorably. I was just wondering if you wanted to come over to my castle this afternoon to hang out and stuff. We haven't talked in so long. Awesome, thank you. Moria's off on another carding trip, so I thought we could just get some girl time in, you know? I'm never going to be able to go to the eShop the same way again. I'll be over in an hour or so. (laughs) Okay, see you then. With a click of the button from either end, the call ended. Now Peach had to get things ready, while Zelda just had to get out of her PJs and take a shower before going anywhere. Oh my Peach god. Peach then thought she may as well just call her up to see where she was. Hello? Zelda? Where are you? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep while I was having a bath, but I'm heading over right now. Click. Princess Peach just sat on her balcony waiting for Princess Zelda's arrival. She was up at the clouds and saw carts hang gliding over the castle. (laughs) Hello, Princess Zelda said professionally. Hi, Peach said with a load of excitement. What's the first thing we are going to do? She asked with a look of excitement in her eyes. Um, I don't know. I kind of figured you would have all that figured out by the time I got here. The two princesses hopped behind Peach's bed, and the star crashed on the balcony, sending Rosalina through the doors, landing on the bed. Oh, Rosalina's getting involved. That was some fun stuff, Rosalina said while laughing. Rosalina, the two princesses said in unison, what are you (laughs) doing here? Well, I found a star. The same question, really. Past my observatory, heading straight for your castle. So as soon as it was past my little floating island, I hopped on and hoped to pay you a visit. How about we play truth or dare, Zelda suggested. Uh-oh. I haven't had a girls' night in so Ending. long. We have Ending to do poorly. it. We are all girls, so there's no secrets that can come between us, all right? What do you say? I'm in, Rosalina immediately responded. So, Zelda, Rosalina directed, would you like to go first? It was your idea, after all. Truth or dare? Hmm, I choose truth. All right. What's the latest book you've been reading? I know you're a bit of a bookworm. <laughs> Zelda blushed because she knew it was ask. her erotic story series. Um, um, oh, is something secret? Peach asked suspiciously. What is it, Zelda? Now we know you are hiding something. It's, it's nothing. It's just a book. Don't lie, little princess. You have to tell us, Rosalina demanded. We are all going to be 100% honest tonight, okay? Zelda cleared her throat, and being red as a tomato, she quietly uttered under her muffled breaths, Hylian erotica. (laughs) All right, there you go, isometric workers. That is this week's fanfic that I'm reading. Uh, I'm not going to be on the show next week, so you're going to get to hear another very exciting piece of fanfic that I will be reading. Uh, And by the way, Georgia, I'm very, very upset with you for doing a Brianna impression on last week's show. So um, there will be hell to pay. All right, talk to everyone soon. Bye. You know it, too. You know it's coming. There's a reckoning coming. There is. There is. I liked this one even better. You like? I like this one. This one was better, definitely. This one was really cute. Whoever wrote this fanfic was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whoever wrote it reused the word excitement like a little too much. So I think maybe they're a new writer. But I'm really glad they're getting practice with an important story. Yeah. Well, maybe you can send them a thesaurus as encouragement or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like thesaurus (laughs) abuse is rampant in middle school fan fiction communities as it is. So it's only a matter of time before this person figures it out. Thesaurus abuse? 
Sure. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. like um, just I looking up and a thesaurus, the first <laughs> word that comes to mind, and then just selecting you whichever one sounds Morgan cool. Feel bad. This is mostly what her dissertation is all about. <laughs> I mean, I wrote that fanfic. Oh, oh. sorry, Morgan. Oh, we're sorry. Well, it's really good. No, it's mm-hmm. super, yeah, super no. good. Yeah. No, I'm excitedly disappointed in you guys. See if see if you did have a public defense of your dissertation, you could get Bree to read it for you, with, backed by We Shop Music. I need to do like an audiobook version of my dissertation and have Bree do it, and then submit that. And then that I'm would be really good. Yeah, that that would be. I mean, epic, but you need really. the eShop music though. Also, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, well, that's part of it. That's like half of the formula. Yeah, except <laughs> that it's going to be your entire dissertation, so it's going to be like hours of the eShop music. It'll be yeah, good, though. Yeah, well, yeah that won't get sure. that won't get old at all. I mean, no, you know, you can listen to that music for hours. I'm sure it's like a postmodern experience, like artistic <laughs> consumption experience. It's fine. Yeah, it's performance art. It's part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you could do another, you know, another dissertation on how long you can last listening to that before you, you know, <laughs> what the effects of that are after like an hour, two hours, four hours. I think I should do my next my next like big research project just on Brianna Wu, but I mean, we don't tell her that. <laughs> do you know that she, she won't? She doesn't. She won't she, yeah, I'm sure that she's not going to listen to it. You know, like nope. she didn't listen to it last week to find out that uh, Georgia nope. was doing a, an impression of her. Yeah, I think someone outed me on Twitter. That's why. Uh, oh, for doing the impression? Yeah, I don't know if Bree. I think Bree's been so busy working that I'm not sure she did listen. So it's possible she won't hear what you just said. But I think if you want to write a dissertation about her, you might want to like interview her. And it's so much fun if you don't. <laughs> you could just pretend you're interviewing her and make up the answers. Brianna no. Wu as cultural phenomenon. Like I you think don't really then have to interview her. It becomes fan fiction again, though, because <laughs> it is not based in reality at that point. Uh, so So, this is our show (laughs) we're done thank you guys tonight this is this is about as good of a point as any to take a break and uh tell you that this episode of isometric is brought to you by braintree which is code for easy online payments uh if you're a mobile app developer you should check out braintree they're the payment solution used by companies like uber airbnb hotel tonight living social and munchery and they've made the payment experiences in those apps seamless and magical and you can get the exact same experience in your app they have Awesome customer service, and the integration is super simple, and they'll get you ready to, to get your payments really, really quickly. Uh, and their continuous support and fast payouts mean that you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your million, to your billionth. So Braintree is also helping to solve mobile card abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and it makes – all, it makes your, all of your payments seem seamless and magical. They give you a full-stack payment solution. They give you support for all kinds of payment types that your customers might want. They do PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, uh, cards, and more with a single integration. And it comes with you across every platform. And they include uh, superior fraud protection along with their fantastic customer service and fast payouts. So to learn more and to get your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to BraintreePayments.com slash isometric. And thank you so much to Braintree for sponsoring this show and all of Relay.fm. Okay. Yay. Yay. Yay, yay, Braintree. So (laughs) (laughs) we cheer for all our sponsors. That's that's what you get when you sponsor isometric. Oh, sorry. Woo. Yay! <laughs> I was late. I, I yeah, want more gotta, enthusiasm next time, Georgia. Cheer. Sorry. That sounded a little bit sarcastic. I know. You saw it. Whoa. Mm. <laughs> Georgia? Sarcastic? Yeah, that's no. not that's not your that's, that's not your... my job. Anyway, so so TwitchCon happened this weekend, and that was the, the first one that they ran, and 
Um, so Morgan, you were there. What were your impressions of the uh, of the con? This is the first time that they're that they're doing something like this, and from everything that I was able to see, it sounds like it went off extremely well for a first time uh, con of that size. It was really awesome. Um, I've been to a lot of firsts. I was at the first PAX. That's how old I am. I feel like that was a long time ago. Um, but, and, but like this, this felt, I mean, it felt like a new con in that people kind of were wandering around being like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing at first, but it felt way, it was way more polished than many of the other first cons that I've been to. And I think everybody quickly hit their stride and, and it was really cool to have all, a lot of the streamers there to meet their fans. Like that was, I think that's kind of the thing that makes TwitchCon extra special is that you have, you know, you have these people who are streaming to thousands of people every week, every day even, and their fans love them and their fans were able to go and meet them and that and like be, I don't know, it felt, it felt uh, a little bit like Comic-Con that way, except much more real, but like you still, you have these personalities that are there that are interacting with people. Um, So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. And I think that next year they need to do three days. I think they're ready. Yeah, it's uh, from what I was hearing. It sounded like it was different than something like PAX or or you know GDC or E3 or something like that, where it was actually kind of a player oriented type of con, where the the where the personalities were more the players and not anyone from the industry to kind of make that more of that personal connection. Did you get that that kind of vibe from it? Yeah, for sure. So like when you go to a Comic Con and you've got you know the people who are signing or the Hollywood celebrities, oftentimes they're really like the old school ones. But you know they're 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 meeting people and they're there and they're like in the autograph alley or whatever. It felt a little bit like that, except uh, except they were like the current day stars instead of like the stars from shows from years ago that you always get at the Comic Cons. Um, but that that sort of that that personal interaction. Um, I think was really cool, and I think everybody really liked it, especially because, I mean, at least my experience with a lot of those streamers is that they're still pretty down-to-earth. I mean, I'm sure there are some divas among them, but, but like, for the most part, you know, they, they're sitting alone in their in their rooms. So, like, I, I don't know. There's something about that, about being alone in your room um, <laughs> and casting to people makes it, it kind of, I think, diminishes some of the potential celebrity effect that you might get. Um, I think actually day nine in the, in like the video that was the, the keynote presentation, day nine talks about how, how it feels to have these, you know, to be kind of speaking to people alone in a room and you're alone in a room, but you know that you're speaking to a, to a big audience of people. Um, and you get to know them after, you know, time and time again, you're interacting with them constantly. It's not just like broadcast in a, in a movie theater or on television where you're not actually interacting people with people as it's happening. Um, I think it, it seemed, uh, Twitch is kind of a special platform that way. And, and I think it translated actually really well into a, a live event. That's cool. So were there not booths where you could like play games? Because that's that happens even at Comic-Con that they'll be like places there where were, you can play games like wargaming had a had a booth there um but that uh, wasn't really the focus at all it was more like a think so, meet no. people and go to panels where sort of famous or semi-famous people do expert panels that kind of thing yeah i think that's the appeal i mean you know twitch obviously has to balance that because they they get a, a lot of good money probably and will for future twitch cons from those people who the, the you know the people who will put big booths and have their games right, there but yeah. i think uh, you know, I think that there are enough other cons that do that. Like PAX is yeah, big... PAX really has cornered that market. 
I actually, a friend of mine who works in the industry, and I won't say what um, what company she works for, but she was saying that, that the announcement of about TwitchCon came out after they had already set all their event budgets for the year. Um, and so she she was... She was indicating that they wish they could have gone bigger at TwitchCon and that probably next year, if you know, since they can plan for it, they probably will go bigger. So that might be part of the reason why it seemed kind of low-key this year. So I, I suspect that that's, that part of the, the convention will grow. But um, but really, it didn't, it didn't seem like it was super needed. Um, I, and, and, you know, also the companies have to have to decide where to spend their budgets. Like, is this a good yeah, part of the like cycle Yeah, like which cons them? matter? Because obviously a lot of them are already stretched pretty thin now that there are so many different paxes. Like I, right. I have yeah. definitely heard smaller companies complaining about that, although it might not be a concern for like Blizzard per se, but right. for like a smaller um, sort of middle of the road independent game publisher, it is it is hard to do all the cons and you have to really weigh which ones are important. But I would think Twitch would be, would quickly be an interesting alternative because a lot of game developers actually do want their games to be streamed on Twitch and do want their games to be found by popular Let's Players and streamers because that's like how you get marketing now, which is really weird. But I would really love to see something like like a I don't know, like a Steam booth that has a lot of the smaller games that don't have money. Like you see that with Indicate. Indicate does a cool a, you know, a good job at a lot of these events, setting up an area where you get to play the stuff that you wouldn't get to play otherwise. Yeah, um, the mega yeah. booth, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but it would be great. To, I don't, I don't think I've seen a Steam centered thing, and maybe that's because Valve doesn't care and they don't. Really do that. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Like, unfortunately, I don't get the impression from Valve that they would ever do that. But but it'd I be cool. Know. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Indie Game Stand do that. They had a they had a thing at Boston Fig a couple of weeks ago where they were kind of showing a couple of games that they were selling in the store. But that doesn't sound like Valve's. Valve sells enough, and they don't really care who gets who gets featured as long as you know somebody is. So, and I think they're doing okay. It seems like Dota's doing fine for them as far as streams <laughs> concerned. I mean, just you know. Dota's yeah, right. Dota it's seems fine. like it's doing fine. That's something I've observed about Dota as well, is that it appears to be doing just fine. It's kind of the only thing I know about Dota, is that it's doing yeah. really well. Yeah. I mean, the guys who were casting it sounded super excited, so it must be it must be pretty good. But I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I tried to watch. Yeah, I, I tried to watch Something. the uh, the international when it was on, and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but they're super excited. It made me excited about it. So that's, but not enough to actually try to play it. But yeah, yeah, it's probably good. It's I yeah. I mean, like the stereotype of Dota is that it's extremely opaque and complex and hard to understand, right? I mean, that's like what everybody says about it. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. That branding has worked very well on me and has convinced me that I will never understand it. So good job, Dota. If you start talking to anybody who's a Dota player, like within 30 seconds, they've already convinced you of that same thing. So, <laughs> okay, but that's true of a lot of esports. Like we can go ahead and open that up, right? Like that is definitely true in StarCraft communities too. And like once I learned more about StarCraft, I was like, oh, this isn't. I'm starting to understand this, but like, I think a lot of these communities, like it, partly to feel cool, will be like, oh, it's really complicated. We've got a lot of terminology that we made up that you're going to have to learn. And it's like, okay, well, once it's you fun- learn it. <laughs> that's funny though, because that's exactly the same thing that happens in any other specialized field, right? You you develop your own terminology and you use it among other people. So it separates you from, you know, everyone else, the same thing that happened with the clergy. And that makes you elite. 
which makes you feel good and is great for a boost for the ego. But truly, it means nothing else but that. <laughs> so games are meaningless, as usual. This is a show where we talk about... <laughs> Games aren't games aren't meaningless. Games aren't meaningless, but you know, it does not make you elite. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, Yeah, that part of it I I tend but, to But I mean, even I, th- there definitely is that phenomenon with with gamer culture um that that involves these kind of um inclusive sort of per- performances where you're like, I have all of this knowledge and let me show you all of this knowledge that I have to show that I am an authentic gamer and I am part of this mm-hmm. culture. That's like displaying knowledge is, is sort of a definitive thing for gamer culture and, and nerd culture more largely. But I mean, even the friends of mine who were trying to explain it to me to get me into it, like they're not yeah. trying to impress me. Yeah, yeah, even, yeah. Even yeah. then I'm like, I what? No, just stop. <laughs> just, just no, just stop Because they, they don't <laughs> realize that they're already, yeah, we talked about this a little bit when we did a Destiny show recently because Brie is like hardcore into Destiny and none of the rest of us are. And she was trying to like explain things without using terms that we wouldn't understand, which is impossible after a certain amount of time. Like you can't even talk intelligently about Destiny anymore or really talk about the changes that have been made if if you keep having to stop and be like well here's an analogy to another game you're familiar with here's what all of this terminology means and why these changes are important like it just it just becomes useless and that's why I I like see both sides of it because it's like I if I'm talking about StarCraft to people I don't want to have to constantly be explaining things if I'm talking about Street Fighter with people I don't want to have to constantly be explaining those things it's so it's you you end up wanting to join those insular communities even though at the same time I see what's negative about them do you know what I mean like it's yeah there's that tension there where you're like well I want to find other people who are as familiar with this as I am but I also really want other people to be able to get into it too and not not be intimidated by it yeah i mean it's even even like with hearthstone which is like really has a casual how did i know you were gonna bring up (laughs) how did i know that steve because that's like my life now (laughs) because we each brought up the things that are important to us but but it's like you know even there it's like well i have to explain to you what every card does and then it's like okay well i can't really explain to you what a what just happened and what was awesome about it because i have to explain to you what every card is and every card has a you know if you talk to somebody else who plays hearthstone they know what all those cards are and they'll they'll understand immediately it's just kind of a shortcut but it kind of gets you you end up spending so much time explaining what everything means that by the time you get to the end of whatever you're trying to tell them that they just they've lost lost interest or you've lost the thread or or whatever it just gets too cumbersome yeah and that's what makes a group so um insular is that 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 also feels great it feels great when you can actually talk about something you're passionate about and someone else understands all the nuances of that and that increases that group inclusivity and it also kind of makes you align yourself more with someone else and that's the same thing that that worked with tribalism when we worked in small group units you know we we had our own way of doing things and if someone else understands that it made us feel more comfortable and we liked them more and then people didn't understand Unfortunately, we like them less, and that's why we end up with fights about, you know, Xbox versus PlayStation, and people can get really passionate. Or Dota versus League of Legends, yes, which I know is a big one. It can get very passionate and very heated. Well, yeah, because everybody knows League of Legends players are stupid, and Dota <laughs> players are stupendous. No, no don't wow. send us angry Fighting messages. Words. She's I'm just kidding. Sarcastic. I don't know anything about either game, which I think has been well established on this show. You're, you're, just, just, you're just a Heroes of the Storm uh, fangirl is what it is. I am. And here, as we all know, Heroes of the Storm is for noobs who can't handle LOL oh. and Dota. So we're, we're all just a bunch of <laughs> schmucks here. 
uh, or, sh- or scrubs, as the fighting game community would say. I'm mixing terminology here. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand what you're talking about. I feel okay. Left well, <laughs> I can I can let you guys in on that one because I hear it all the time. Scrub is a fighting game community term for somebody who acts like they know everything about fighting games, but they don't actually know anything. So it's a very commonly used insult, as you as you might imagine. Hmm. But in fighting games, in particular. Well, only in fighting games. I don't really hear other people use the word to mean that elsewhere. See, this is what I mean. Like, there's like specific slang terms. I, ha- I have a, a, a only tangentially related thing, but it is related to fighting games and TwitchCon. I just learned a fact about um, Smash Brothers that I did not know at all that I think is really fascinating. Because I, ha- I was talking to some friends and they, they were looking over the crowd and they were like, are those... Are those CRT TVs? Like, is that like that's the row of like old school giant TVs? And and yes, we looked and confirmed. In fact, and they were like, oh yeah, so that must be the Smash Brothers tournament. And I and I, they were kept talking about this, and I was like, wait a minute. Well, I don't understand why this is like. Why does that matter? And they were telling me, I, do, "Do you guys know anything about Smash Brothers and like competitive?" I Smash do, Brothers? but I didn't know that you had to use <laughs> a cathode ray tube TV in order to play it more effectively. But I'm interested yes, to hear why. There are there are like techniques that are uh, involve counting frame rate and like counting uh, well, frames. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. And but you can't do that if you're not playing on a CRT. Like you have to have wow. the old school ones if you want to play. If you want to use wow. those same techniques and really? be able to count frames. And I thought that was well. But I how do you weird. count frames in other fighting games? Because counting frames is something that you have to do in every kind of fighting game. Was this which which Smash Brothers was this though? Yeah, like, is it is it a specific one? Uh, good question. I have no idea. I yeah. will have to look this up. That sounds very interesting. Because yeah, I can see like the N sixty four, the GameCube one. That would make, or maybe I think even it the must Wii be the one. game. No, I think it must be the the GameCube yeah. one. I don't know. The, I don't yeah, know. it probably is Melee. Is it me- melee? The Melee community. What oh, I I love them very much. <laughs> but we have talked before in this show about how like the Melee community in particular is like very interested in preserving (laughs) yeah they are particular themselves they're interested in preserving the conditions in which melee was originally played so apparently that extends to the tvs and we were talking about how once those crts are are like really you can't get them anymore like once that happens which i think already it's really difficult to find to find these old school giant televisions Uh, i i mean i don't know what are they gonna do it's gonna be the end of the world They'll have to. They'll have to hire Digital Eclipse to like re remake the CRT like they did for Mega Man Legacy Collection or something like that. Because they because they're actually doing that. They're like they're like mimicking a CRT in Mega Man Legacy Collection to let you play it like the way it was intended. I don't know if they're you know managing the frame rate the same way, but I'm sure knowing what they do, they probably are. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a little googling and and it it definitely is associated with melee and I found this whole in-depth <laughs> article about how if you really want to get serious about playing melee you have to get a CRT TV. Um and it doesn't even explain why. It just says that and then moves on to other things that you need to know. So clearly I need to do more googling in order to find out why that's even the case. But Good. melee players, I am familiar so, with So are their melee ilk. players like the hipsters of Smash Brothers? Is that what Absolutely. Okay. Although they would hate to hear me say that (laughs) i i feel like i shouldn't even make fun of them though because i also really really enjoy playing melee i i'm not on the level of understanding about crt tvs but when it comes to like party games that i like playing with friends of mine who also like smash like we tend to gravitate towards melee for sure because i just i think it's more fun and just the way that the moves work and the timing for it just feels correct to me in a way that the other games don't necessarily but I also really liked the new Smash, so I don't know. 
Anyway, Brawl, though, is the controversial one. The middle one. The middle child. We, we, don't, we, we don't get involved in controversies on this show, Matt. Of course so. not. Oh, no. Of course not. I still played a lot of Brawl. I, I don't know. I like all the Smash Brothers games in their own ways. They're all, they're all unique. They're all special. Well, I thought that was amazing dedication. That is amazing. Whoever, whoever pulled that together and, and had, I don't know if it was 10 CRTs that were set oh up for God. this. I just thought I was very impressed. As an anthropologist, I was fascinated. So, Maddie, please research that more for us. Yeah, I'm. people in the chat room are talking about this, too. I guess what I'm curious about is why other fighting games wouldn't also necessitate a CRT. Like, why wouldn't you want to play? I mean, I guess there aren't, like, you know, old Street Fighter competitions anymore. People have pretty much only play SF4 now. But, like, why? If there's a better refresh rate on a CRT, then why wouldn't you want to play every fighting game on that? You know? But that I don't have the well, answer to. I would to. assume that it's because Smash is faster, so it makes it... You know, some fighting Maybe? games, the timing is easier for it, but I guess... Or because it was designed for to be played on a CRT, so that's the way that they're going to play it, to be, you know, closer to the original experience. That's how they played for, like, 20 years, and now they're... Could be, I don't know. Yeah, comfort level, I don't know. I have, like, read about this a little bit, because, like a huge nerd, uh, I have been reading this new fighting games book that, that Gutex has been writing. He's a streamer for... Street Fighter, and um, he wrote a book about like different kinds of things you should do to prepare for Street Fighter Five. And he, there's this whole chapter where he was talking about like certain kinds of TVs that you should buy. And I didn't pay that much attention to it because I was like, whatever, my TV's fine. But now I feel like I should go back and look at it because clearly, not because I'm going to buy a new TV because I just don't think I care enough. But I, this is like a whole other world apparently. Yeah. I know that that was an issue like when the when the HD started because Rock Band had a problem with calibration when yeah. you're going to an HD TV because there's processing that happens in the television. I think John Syracuse has talked about this on on one of his shows also, but this might be too nerdy even for our listeners. People will have to let us know if we should start talking about that because I can definitely get into this topic if people want to hear more about it. Yeah, someone someone um, send up the Syracuse signal and get us an answer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also, if you're into this, like you should look signal, up. But it's a big. You should S. look up Gutex's book if anybody is interested because I've really been enjoying it so far. So yeah, it's great. Anyway, I can send you a link for the show notes, Steve, if you want. Yeah, please. Okay, that okay. Would, I'm gonna ask. Yeah. I'm gonna ask everyone <laughs> okay. my question. Okay. That I would like to oh, know. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. So this is a game-related question. And each of you that are using headphones, if you get the answer wrong, you will be electrocuted. Okay, that might not well, be true. As you do. As, as always. As always. <laughs> I mean, okay. that goes without saying at this point, really. <laughs> so, out of any video game, if you had to pick one video game's theme music for your theme music, what would it be? This is so easy. You already know the answer to mine. Too. You already yeah. know what I'm going to say. You already. Well, Morgan will be a surprise. Yeah. Well, but, do you okay. need some time to think, Morgan? Or are you good? Um, you guys go ahead. I, I I have to decide if my answer is is negative cultural appropriation or not. Yeah. Can I guess what Steve's is going to be? Yes. And, and I and I think I can guess what yours is going to be too. But yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You get. See, you tell it's me what just mine a is. matter. It's the tricky part for both you and for me is going to be in which your version? case which Mega Man game. Yeah. Because I don't know which one, but it's got to be a Mega Man game, which right? Which stage in particular? Yes. Oh, it is. you're it narrowing is, you're right. it down to stage. Ooh, okay. Steve, that is no. This this is, is this is not hard. Wow. Wow. Steve. Okay. Okay. Because I assume cool. that yours is Guile's theme. 
that actually isn't what I was going to say, but that would have been a really that hilarious is great. That is great. Oh I love that. <laughs> that isn't what I was going to say. That isn't really what you were going to guess, is it? No, it really was. Oh, because okay. Guile's theme goes with everything. I, I Giles theme does Metroid. go with everything. Um, Giles theme, I'm, I kind of want to change my answer to Giles oh, theme. But no, well, for okay, the wait. record, it is not what I was originally going to say. I was going to say the theme for Super Metroid. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I And I'd probably say. even say the like super minimalist first song because I used to, and I still do sometimes, I used to get a lot of writing done to it just because the opening to Super Metroid is this really beautiful minimalist spooky chords and it's not distracting, but it's like, it really sets a serious tone. And so if you're trying to like really get some research done, it's really good for that. So I, I kind of feel like that's my theme. Um, but I don't know. Also, Guile's theme. I, I couldn't get good. anything done to Guile's theme, but hey, sure. So can, you, can you narrow it down to a Mega Man game, though? You, you can at least narrow it down to um, the game, right? I'm trying to remember which one is your favorite. You've been you've been playing Mega Man Six, right? But yeah, that's not your favorite it, one. Well, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, that's not your favorite one, no, though, right? No, it, it it would be the Doctor Wily the Doctor Wily theme for Mega Man Two. Okay. <laughs> I was going to maybe say Mega Man 2, but it was going to be a complete guess. So you shouldn't have given me any credit, even if I had said it. Well, it's okay. But the, the, Mega, the Dr. Wily theme for Mega Man 2 is what my favorite video game song of all time. But is it your theme song, though? Because that's the question. It's not what your favorite song is. I think it would be because that's that would be it's kind of an energetic, upbeat song that I could see myself like, you know, running into a wrestling ring and then, you know, immediately running out of a wrestling <laughs> ring. <laughs> I love it. I but love I, it. I have like four or five different remixes of that album. That album is is my favorite soundtrack of all time. Yeah, that's awesome. 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 Yeah, I found okay. I just found an orchid an orchestrated remix on Apple Music the other day that I guess I'll link to in the show notes. But yeah, great. There, there's so many good remixes of that album. But any any pretty much any version of that of that song from that stage is. Fantastic. I am right there with you, man. I am always downloading remixes of Metroid songs that I really like, like all the time. I think it's like if you find a song you like, you just try to find every possible. Also, the Donkey Kong Country 2 soundtrack. I'm always really finding good. remixes for that because it's such a good soundtrack. Anyway, yeah. Morgan, yeah, time's up. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so my my uh, my gut reaction was um, Okami and the soundtrack from Okami, which I just uh, which I have and listened to, which is kind of dorky because a lot of the, a lot of the tracks are like the little sound effect tracks, and I go through all of them. I don't care. I listen to them anyway. Uh, but then I would also point out that I actually, uh, at my own wedding, walked down the aisle to um, the Katamari Damacy prelude. Wow. I think that 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 one is certainly already an integral part of my life, so we could give that one at least a shout out. But I mean, I I just love I don't I, I don't know what it is about me, but I I kind of like love these the Japanese composers. Like I love my my husband walked down the aisle to um, Spirited Away soundtrack. So like that there's a really thing there's too. like an orchestral 
Japanese yeah. music. It, I just am a fan. Yeah, that whole Katamari album, though, a friend of mine a long time ago got me an import of that for um, like Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. And that that whole album is really amazing. And there, once you get that that title theme stuck in your head, you're done. Like that's, it's amazing. It's, it's just so, so good. good. The it's whole so thing good, though. is yeah. so good. It's so quirky, but it's it's like you can't possibly like be, be in a bad mood after listening to that album. No, you really can't. And it's yeah. also really diverse too. Like you you go through all of these very different types of songs. Like it doesn't really have a theme except that it's quirky. I guess I don't know. I but I I love it. I relate to it a lot. There's a quirkiness thing i don't know i don't know but that's that's my answer so what about you georgia yeah what about georgia's Uh, answer mine would be either final fantasy 7 or it would be mortal kombat (laughs) like like the song from the movie where they scream mortal kombat yes oh my god (laughs) that would be it those are two completely different songs. Totally different. The but theme for Final Fantasy VII is like super sad. If it's the one I'm thinking of, you're, think, though, you're talking about like the main theme, right? It's pretty and poignant. It, could go it is. I used to listen to that song a lot in high school when I was really goth and like think about how goth I was. <laughs> if, <laughs> I like the that. piano. You'd have your own moment of gothness. You'd be like, yes. Yeah. This is the point. I'm going to try to find the specific remix that I used to listen to all I the time, Georgia, so I can send it to you and you can imagine me like with my wraparound headphones and my my huge operation ivy sweatshirt listening to it like that that was my life well well when we when we call everyone out at the end of the show i'm i'll I'll play your theme music so there (laughs) we go that'll be really sweet so like i'm sorry it's gonna be on your phone so it's gonna sound great fabulous yes (laughs) fantastic we go all stupendous You know, people have been asking us to do like a music show and we should we should do that. We at should some do point. it at some point. Yeah, because the music to games, it changes everything. There's certain games that that I could just listen to the music all on its own. And it brings me back to that point in my life and why I played it and gives me the same feelings of of the way that I felt there. Like scent and and sound is really highly linked to um, our memories and so that's what's such a wonderful thing is that there's also an emotional content to certain music and that's cross-cultural, which is very interesting. I 100% agree with you. And this is part of the reason, this is one of the few things that makes me suspicious of my own husband is that he will play <laughs> games with the sound off. And I'm just like, what? Why? That's How just what? wrong. That's it's weird. morally wrong. And it's there's something wrong I only with do him. that. Yeah. I only do that on handhelds when I'm like playing something while we're while we're like watching television. Well, sure. I mean, if yeah. you don't want to like Fine. bother other people, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you do it as a preference thing, what? But like, think what? about. I don't know for MMOs, and I guess maybe yeah. you know you go to the same zones all over you know, all the time. But but still, for me, it's part of the experience of being like, oh, yes. I'm in the zone now, and I'm. This zone has this particular feel and flavor and mood, and he, but he does not care. <laughs> it makes me, wears me out. Think about playing Journey with the sound off. It's not even a game oh, yeah. anymore. But that's just impossible. Or what playing. You just, just described yeah, impossible. Yeah. yeah. Or playing it. any horror game without the sound. It's not even scary. No, that's true. And those, those are the games that he, he'll, he'll do the sound for those games. Okay, but it's more like. Enough. even then he's okay. I, I guess the, the real the real difference is with MMOs. If it's something he's played long enough, he just will turn it off. But for me, I, I still can't do that even if it's everquest and i don't know this just it's such an integral part of the experience for me yeah yeah 
Me too. And plus, you can't hear if someone's like sneaking up on you and about to be. If you're gonna, you know, well, yeah. I mean, if it's like part of the game, then in EverQuest is a huge deal. That definitely gives you like your four second run. I mean, we're playing like Heroes of the Storm or something like that, where you need to be able to hear what's going on. And yes, you know, I mean, any game, any game like that where sound gives you an edge, you kind of you're you're doing yourself a disservice by not. Yes, but if you get if it makes you anxious, then I can understand why you would want to play with it off, or if you find it distracting. So if it increases your anxiety to a level where you're no longer as useful, then it might be a good tool for you to turn off the sound. Yeah, but I'm I'm more taking issue with people who are like, I just don't like music. I I understand that there are people like that out there. And those people are wrong. What's going on with them? Like, are they okay? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I get it, but I also really don't get it. And I'm judging them. <laughs> I'm not really judging them. Yes, I am. Uh, we all are. It's fine. We all are. Yeah. You know, that we're, we're, we're not, we're a judgmental free, free zone here yes. at Isometrics. So, yes. You know. Okay. So are we done talking about TwitchCon? We never even talked about that one panel. We didn't yeah, even we talk should... about esports. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about like a lot of other stuff about everything else, but the, the women in esports. <laughs> the theme tackle. songs were important, yeah. though. Everyone it wa- should tweet it was me important. their theme song because I want to hear it. Aww. There we go. Yeah, do that. Yeah, do maybe it. We'll, maybe we'll do a follow up episode, a follow up thing on the next. We could on the pick next our favorite people from Twitter's theme songs and play them. Yeah, I'm trying to find this thing I used to listen to. I can't find it. Anyway, Guys. the w- women in esports panel. We'll talk about that instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, it kind of got overshadowed, at least on Twitter, by the chat, unfortunately, which was kind of proving some point of what was being discussed. It's like right there while you're watching the stream. There's this chat right there. It's tough to not be distracted by it. I was, I was one of the organizers of that panel um, uh, because I'm actually this is this is as of yet unannounced. So we'll consider this a non-announcement. Are you allowed to say it on the show? Or totally okay. Cool. 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 Right? Because it's a non-announcement. I, I think it's okay. And we'll just go with that. Okay. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm helping to start a new initiative working with both uh, Intel and uh, the ESL to start a, an initiative that will help to make esports uh, and some of the spaces within esports more inclusive and more supportive and, and just a little bit more conscientious about some of the, the culture that exists in those spaces. And I'm really excited about that. And one of the things that we did to kind of kick that off was organize this panel. Um, and we actually did a workshop with a lot of, uh, with those women who were on the panel and then a bunch of other women. We, I think we had like 12 of them from around the industry and from about around various different communities within esports to just talk about their experiences and talk about some of the problems that they see, some of the solutions that they think might help. Um, and just to kind of, you know, be honest about their experiences. And it was really it was really, really, really super awesome to get to talk to them. And I, and I think also the, the, the panel that happened um, really touched on some of the main things. Like I loved how um, Kim Fawn from she's the, the, the director of esports for Blizzard. Um, she was talking about the importance of male allies and like how she's when she has reached her kind of these points that are the most defeating or the most disappointing or the most frustrating. It's been her community of friends, most of whom are, are male, 
um, supporting her and telling her that she's awesome and that what she's doing is awesome and that she should keep going. Like that, those have been, that's been really, really important. And I think everybody that we've talked to, all the women we've talked to in this space have, have mentioned that. And that kind of became one of the many themes about how important it is to have good male allies. And then, um, Hafu was able to speak to how the, um, kind of the top streamers in this space on Twitch, if they support their own awesome communities, then that really, that trickles down and has a really important impact. And we'd like to see more of that. So we, we, we came out of it. I thought even though the Twitch chat, I mean, in some ways, the fact that the Twitch chat kind of devolved into what it does <laughs> and what it often looks like yeah. was, was kind of, I mean, it proved our point in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I wasn't watching it because I was at, at the actual yeah, yeah. panel. So you can um, escape it. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, but, but I mean, it, it's something that we can show to people later being like, yeah. see, like, it's not like this is BS. This, this, this happened. See, look, it's very meta. <laughs> like, we're talking about it and it, it was, was very meta. It was very meta. I, it's why I didn't watch the panel for very long. Although um, it's also like, I've been to so many women in games panels i know i'm not the audience you know like i'm mm-hmm. right. <laughs> it's yeah. for it's for it's for noobs you might say but i already know all the terminology if you will mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're no scrub maddie that's right i'm not a scrub <laughs> when it comes to women in games um i'm an expert so so i and i i know tl taylor too and so i was like all right cool like i i know there's going to be awesome people on this panel i know what it's going to be about and have no doubt it'll be great uh but i it was tough for me to watch because I kept like inadvertently reading the chat. I wish there was a way to just stop the chat. <laughs> and I know that there have even been times when Twitch has actually chosen to do that, uh, mm-hmm. like where an event has been. Uh, so what were the worst things about the chat for those that, you know, um, well, know I the things that bother me are actually not like the kinds of stuff that you would think like, like people commenting on the women's physical appearance or like whatever, that kind of stuff, that stuff I expect, but it doesn't really bother me so much. The stuff that bothers me more is people who are completely matter of factly and calmly saying that they don't believe women can play games well and who are completely like sold on that position. Like physically, right? Yeah, like they'll come up they'll come up with reasons or they'll say like women are too emotional and they're inventing that this harassment is happening and actually it's the same for men and they're making it up and they really believe this and they'll they'll say that they there was stuff like that in the chat too and like people saying stuff like well women are just too sensitive to withstand the esports community and that this is evidence of that and they are overreacting to this and they're not actually being treated differently, but, but really the, the fact that they're overreacting to so much indicates that women are too emotional for this. Like, like things like that really upset me because it's so hard to argue against that position because it's so entrenched that they believe that women are inferior. Like they, they're in, inventing science to back it up. Um, and there's, there's no science to suggest those things. Like, uh, obviously men are emotional too. We just don't see the, those things as emotional. Like if a guy gets really angry, then we call that like talking trash or being salty. Like those are again, fighting games terms. Cause that's what I'm familiar with. But like, we don't say, Oh, men are too emotional to play games. <laughs> we don't <laughs> ever say that about guys talking trash. Um, but when women, react to things or or speak about their experiences like somehow that's framed as too emotional even though the panel itself 
was I would say far from emotional. I, from what I saw, like it was women like speaking very matter of factly about their experiences and, and being like, these are things that we'd like to see change. But like even being told <laughs> that they should stop using gender language in trash talk, like these guys will react by being like, oh, well, women just shouldn't even be here. And, and I don't know. Anyway, I've, I've talked a lot. I don't know, Morgan, if you have a response to any it's, of that stuff. Well, it's, it's hard because I think that at least 50% of that are, are trolls who are trying to say things that they I don't know, know though. I'm not and, talking about like that. I'm talking about like the calmer people who I worry actually do. Do, do you know what it? I yeah. mean? I, I, f- I find it disturbing that we can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. And it can be really hard sometimes. Are you serious? Yeah. And that's the thing I think <laughs> regularly. And yeah. I think as a, as kind of a defensive mechanism, I think that I, I have tended to be like they they're they can't be serious because that's yeah. ridiculous. I do too, just because I get so upset otherwise. And like some of the stuff people were saying, like I I like look up this stuff, like I read the bogus studies, I look at it and I affirm for myself time and time again that that it's all bunk and that women have great reaction time, great spatial recognition, all that stuff that you've read is crap. And actually socialization affects the way that that stuff plays out a lot of the time like it turns out that if you tell somebody that they're going to be bad at something they'll do worse for one thing so all these guys telling all their female friends women are just naturally bad at games that actually is making their female friends worse at games around them because that type of scrutiny is making them more nervous um than than guys would be that and like the scrutiny is actually like part of what's making it so hard for women to succeed in these spaces because it's like the deck is is stacked against them you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like that people are like well well look at the rosters like there's never been a woman in the top leagues of fighting games or, or starcraft or whatever or like maybe they make it into the top leagues but they don't ever become number one whatever mm-hmm. but it's like well maybe that's because yeah. <laughs> she's already I mean, faced so much crap yeah it's a numbers game it's first so of numbers. all but it's like, also that one woman who's even gotten that far like barely even made it that far because of how many people told her she couldn't do it like oh mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah no, it's really, it's really, really hard when you've got a tiny percentage. You've got, I mean, let's, let's, the numbers are that, that exist currently are not, I don't think we really have good studies about. I don't either because I suspect a lot of women play under pseudonyms. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, totally. Or they just don't go to tournaments necessarily. Yep, right. so that like too. They'll play competitively online all the time, but are not going to be, they're not thinking of themselves as like actual competitors for money they're like oh no I, I couldn't do that because if you don't have role models who are visible of other women doing it it's really hard to make that leap mm-hmm. you know there's that saying about you have to see it to be it and so yep. to yeah. have those role models is super important but if you if those role models are being stomped on at every turn yeah it's really hard to i think that up. actually has like a worse effect because women will see like this one woman or three women in a tournament or whatever being treated like crap in the chat mm-hmm. and then that is part of what will make those women continue to say i guess i have to keep playing under a pseudonym i guess i'm not going to be welcome at these tournaments i can see what's happening to these other women i don't want that to happen to me like that so in some ways it's like, well, you want more women to play, but also we have to change the way that we respond to them. No, and we absolutely. have to absolutely. call people out for those remarks. Like we have, know. we had Hafu. I mean, I was so delighted to get to meet Hafu because she, she's been around for a while. She's been, and she's, she has been a number one competitor and not just in, 
you know, all female tournaments. Like she's been a number one competitor in World of Warcraft in the the real co ed tournaments, whatever that means. The real tournaments, real, um, <laughs> right? Like th- that's, no, I know, yeah. I know. You have to like specify that because people think that whatever. Anyway, you don't have to worry about that here, but <laughs> elsewhere. No, but she's but she is a top competitor across the board yeah and, and it's she, undeniable and yeah she she has quit com- competing like she quit cloud nine right before twitchcon which actually at twitchcon was not even really understood yet like people didn't really know that she had quit but she she quit cloud nine because the the feedback that she gets during competitions is just so ugly that she would rather just stream because she can she can make a living and do a plenty you know do plenty of work and and get plenty of attention and earn money just streaming, um, which is kind of you know that's kind of amazing too that 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 she has that as an option. But now that means that she has no incentive to be competing because the environment is so toxic sometimes. And you know what? Like I want to I want to at least you know say that I don't want to overgeneralize. I. I love esports and I love the esports community in general. I, I just I've been in it too long and I have so so many friends that I don't want to say like oh all of esports. Yeah, and, and there that. are like yeah. examples of people who are great and who oh, will wonderful. call out yeah. sexism and it and racism yeah. and it's great for but sure. Like there is definitely a pattern here and there's definitely a tide that a lot of the women who start to get attention because they're good they have to fight against it and a lot of them will just decide they don't want, like why should I what's what is the inspiration what is Hafu's reason for continuing to compete if she's going to be taking abuse. And instead, she can have her own stream on her own Twitch channel where she can have her moderators helping to keep it clean. And, like, you know, she it's a much more controlled environment and it's way better for her. So that's, we you know, we have a lot. We kind of have a lot of uh, <laughs> a, a lot of work to do. And that's that's part of why we're pulling this organization together. Because I, yeah. I think esports can be super awesome and I'd like to see more women play. Um, but, Maddie, I actually am curious. What's, what's your opinion about all-female tournaments? Ugh, I mean, I kind of agree with the statements that were made at the panel because I, I did read the this write-up about the panel that probably be in the show notes because um, I didn't finish watching it. But I know that one of the quotes from the women there, the women there was about women-only tournaments being sort of a gateway <laughs> to co-ed mm-hmm. tournaments mm-hmm. where like ideally there'd be these sort of women-only spaces where in theory, at least, there would be less harassment within that space because you wouldn't be directly threatened by your own competitors, which has happened to me in the fighting games community because you're, like, Mm. literally playing against guys who will be trash-talking you. And, like, that gendered trash talk won't happen between women because it just doesn't make any sense. So, like, I I mean, at least in my experience, it doesn't quite happen the same way. So Mm. it's sort of like you get to play without having that experience happen. And so you get to actually concentrate on the game and potentially feel more welcome. And then that ideally would, would help women feel more comfortable entering into tournaments elsewhere. But I think the problem is actually like way more complicated than that too, which I, I, I'm sure the other people on the panel would agree, which is like, something that I was tweeting about at the time, which is like, you you need to fix the culture by way of having commentators and coaches who are willing to call out sexist remarks, basically. Mm. Like, you need mm. to have, like, p- 
people in power who are also taking a stance against that stuff, I think. And then it sort of maybe trickles down because it, it can't just be that women invent their own spaces that are theoretically safe, whether they're co-ed spaces or not, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Like to invent these separate safe spaces, quote unquote, and then expect those people to eventually go over into the quote unquote real space. I think that... I think that's not really enough, although it is something that people say to me a lot. Like, why don't you just go make your own tournament if you hate the <laughs> yeah. guys at the tournaments that you met so much? Why don't you just go make your own? I'm like, well, thanks for the feedback. But it's it's not just that. Like, it, it's that we need people who are in power at all tournaments to actually care about this. And I do think that's happening. Like, that's yeah, the positivity no, I mean, that I can right. leave you with. Is like, I was talking about Gutex earlier, but... Um, he's actually a really great example of this. Like I've been watching a lot of his let's plays and Gutex and Mike Ross do a lot of fighting games, let's plays. And honestly, like out of all the fighting games, let's players that I've watched maybe ever, it's them and like Austin Creed and like, that's it in terms of guys who don't say sexist remarks and who will actually like speak out against that or speak out against racism if they come across it. So We need to support people who in the fighting game community, in every esports community who are actually helping that and like on the side of actually diversifying the community and being respectful to the people who are already there, you know, anyway. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of had, like, you you just covered a lot of the points of, of the sort of perspectives we had represented on that panel because um, I know Amy Brady, who was on that panel, has always been against all female tournaments just because she doesn't want to see that reinforcement of the idea of, like, oh, well, they're just playing by themselves because yeah. they can't compete with the boys, which is obviously wrong and, like, totally not the case. Um, but there is also that benefit of, creating these spaces and creating opportunities for visibility too. Like there, I think that, you know, we can bring in more women if they see that there are women only tournaments and they see the other women who are competing. And a lot of the women I've talked to have, have said that part of the way that they got into what they're doing is because they saw the women playing and they're like, Oh, I can play with her. Like I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it seems less intimidating. Yeah. 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 Somehow like seeing yourself, it's easier to see yourself in that situation. And so as a gateway, like you said, it's, it's, I think even though there, there is that, you know, kind of qualification, you don't want to be reinforcing that idea. But I I think reality, like you were, you were just speaking to the chat, that idea is already there. (laughs) It's not like we're, (laughs) not like we're inventing it or bringing it in. Like there are already those people who believe it and are going to continue to believe that women can't play with men for, you know, forever. So well, but those guys are just scared, right? I mean, like, I don't know. I, I have to tell myself that like they, are they really that scared of playing women? Like, I think that's part of oh, it dude, too. They, yeah. Guys don't like being beat, beat by women. They but, don't. I mean, I, I'll say that at least for my, my experience and maybe this is partially because I, I tend to play um, team games and I know the fighting game um, community. Yeah. Is it's very but different, like, but it is and it isn't. It's also not that different in, in well, many I other mean, ways. I can tell you that uh, with all the tournaments that I, I, that I have coached a team in and played a team, um, played with a team like we this is shooters you know shooters in particular I I never we never experienced like real you know in-person harassment or or trash talk even like it was surprisingly congenial and people were really nice that's good I mean they you know there would be people who'd be pissed off if they lost but it wasn't like 
out of the normal realm of you're mad because you lost, you know, like you got beat by girls or by guys and you'd be mad. But we, I I was very, I was always almost surprised that we would come away from tournaments without that kind of experience. It gives me hope. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely easier to trash talk people online because, or from further away. It's not like just the anonymity thing. It's not just anonymity. People will still trash talk with their real names, unfortunately. But if you can't like see the person directly, then I think it makes it easier to disassociate from them being a person whose feelings are hurting for sure. Oh, for sure. And I think that's why like the Twitch stream people will just say whatever they want and it's horrible but that said i still have had guys say surprisingly gross things to me in person as well so and so i wonder if that's partially like if it's if it's a you know one one v one i think that's situation. definitely part of it i think that's definitely part of it because getting beaten by a girl in that situation you can't pretend that that didn't happen do you know what i mean like that's part of it so there's that and also it's a lot harder to talk trash to a team of five yes all staring at you being like oh yeah (laughs) because then you outnumber them whereas i in these situations i'm usually the only girl in the room and that that was one of one of the best things about the frag dolls i think in our community is that we always end up with this whole gaggle of girls like roaming around conventions i always thought the frag dolls (laughs) were the friggin' coolest by the way like just when i was growing up like that was the point of the frag dolls was that they would Did like you just be say visible. When I was growing up? Yes, really? because I yes. She, she always talks about how young she is. She has a little. Bit I'm not young. I'm 29. We young. might be the same age. <laughs> I'm 29. I'm 29. But when I was in college, I remember like reading because I still read Penny Arcade back then. I don't know, but like I remember reading about the Penny Arcade guys going up against the frag dolls in a tournament and getting their their butts kicked and like they wrote about it um (laughs) (laughs) getting their bums kicked by the frag dolls and that for me was like so cool to hear about to to be like oh wow like there are these all women teams that's really neat and even even back then when i was like the only girl i knew who played games and i thought it was so cool i was like oh huh maybe there's something else going on here that I should yeah. consider such as feminism. <laughs> but like, I didn't understand any of that stuff at yeah. the time. But, but so I do think it's really cool that the frag dolls exist. And yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that kept us going. And, and what, I mean, I would, I, it, I think right this moment, we don't have enough of those and we'd like to support more. Yeah. More kind of role models. In there is, and there are too. not enough and there should be more. And I've thought about doing one for fighting games, but it's such a big endeavor. Like, and yeah, the fact is. that the response that people have to me in general is to be like, make your own thing. I'm like, you don't realize how much free labor you're asking me to do yeah, by yeah, telling me to do that. And, and, and like, it's not like I'm, that's going to stop anyway. Just ask Brie about that. How many people tell her to make her own studio still? So yeah, no, that's a really great point. Like yeah. people, people will just tell you to go make your own thing. And as though, that's going to solve the problem somehow and it's like well it's still going to actually continue to be incredibly difficult even Mm -hmm. after you make your own thing then you have to defend it and then you have to fund it and then you have to promote it and get more people involved and like constantly do what morgan's doing with like organizing these events and and dealing with talking to people afterwards and being like okay well how did that go what can we do about this in the future what things went wrong and so on and so forth so like that's so complicated and that's work and it's not i don't think it's respected i don't know anyway yeah so i have have one more quick question before we because we super need to take a break but um sorry (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Um, Soapbox. Um, so 
as far as like all female tournaments are concerned, like is there because I mean esports is getting to the point now where a lot of people who have never paid attention to it before are going to be aware of it very very soon. I mean ESPN just had a Heroes of the Storm tournament. TBS is going to be um, showing like a full season of Counter Strike. They just announced. Um, like, is there any concern that if that becomes the way that people are introduced to it as it gets bigger, that it'll kind of become normalized among people who don't necessarily have an opinion one way or the other that, um, that you know, men and women are on equal footing in esports or could be? Or is that any sort of a concern, like, as it's just about to break into the mainstream? So uh, to answer directly the question, is is there any concern? Yes, certainly. Certainly, that's a concern. Um, but is it worth it anyway? I think probably. I think that's kind of what's coming down to is that, um, you know, yes, we we don't want to give any false impression that women can't play with men because um, they certainly can. And and you know, uh, one one you know one thing to remember too is that by having all female tournaments, that doesn't mean that you can't you know women aren't going to be able to play um, right. in the the quote real tournaments either like they can still you know that that will still continue to be co-ed um but i think i think it's worth it and i think that those big platforms on espn and and wherever are makes it even more important to have women who are visible in some form or another um you know there but thankfully i think that some of the people who are thinking about this and trying to figure out like intel is doing a lot of work to to try to you know foster some of these really good spaces and and help build good communities and they're thinking really carefully about this stuff and not doing any you know not like knee jerk reactive plans like they're thinking through what the repercussions might be and the consequences and and strategizing and i think that's that's what we can ask for. That's what we, <laughs> that's like the best thing that we can hope for is that people are thinking it through before making these kinds of decisions. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I've pretty much come down firmly on the, we need to have all female tournaments and I think we'll benefit from it at large. And, and one of the things that one of the women on the panel said, um, Seltzer, Rachel, um, Querico said that she, she thinks it, this, they would be a really good thing now for visibility and for getting more women to play. Um, but she really hopes that we don't have to have all women tournaments in 10 years. And yeah. that's, I think that's a great goal that we would be able to phase them out. And that was something we actually said on the Fragdolls team too, because we, we frequently got a similar critique of, well, you guys are segregating yourselves. Um, you know, like, is that, is that better than being one of the guys and playing like one of the guys and being able to beat the guys at their own game without having to segregate yourselves off? We felt like it was still pretty important to have an all women's space and an all women's uh, team for the sake of visibility, but we always said it would be really great to not have to have this in 10 years. Like we would like this to not actually be important in, you know, 10 years, 10, 15 years from now. Um, shoot, five years would be great too. <laughs> it would be nice to be able to not yeah. need it then. Yeah. Probably won't. Like just with the way that things are going and, and issues that are being brought to light and the way that people are speaking about it, it's something that the first in any field uh, whether it be the first black person, the first person that has a disability, the first female, they always go through a great deal of tension as you break through in a group's dynamics and start to change it. People don't like change. They feel comfortable with what they already know. And so being able to break through that, there's always a good deal of discourse and complaining 
and antagonism because they it's really difficult to deal with that. But the more that we do it, the more that there's visibility, the more that people speak about that, it becomes a cultural norm and then it no longer becomes something that's very difficult. So I would assume probably within four to five years we're not going to be there's there's still a good thing to have like you know well you know what I'll be honest I would really just like it to be able to be where everyone's kind of done by equals and it's just your merits and not what you look like that's going to determine how you're treated yeah that's a well, good future I like good that luck <laughs> vision <laughs> make that happen Georgia yeah. it, it probably will either way it's just yeah. you can just you can see the way that that we cultures don't change in very small, slow, incremental bumps. Usually the way that it happens is that, you know, people get really upset with things that are happening. People make a huge stir. Then there's this just like, you know, with, with evolution. And then there's this huge bump in a big change. We're all destabilized. And then there's a settling effect. And then the same thing happens again. And so, you know, just the same thing that happened with um, the beginning of movement of like the difference between color it's the same thing for women. It's the same thing for everything else. So there's that breaking in period, and it's really uncomfortable for everyone. And then there's a certain settling effect, and then you have to fight back for it because it's still not really equal. And we keep on going through bumps in the set. And right now we're going through a bump, which is probably going to be a great thing within five years. That's what I, I've, I've been really clinging to for this whole past year that's been really rocky. Um, yeah. I, I keep yeah. being like, I think this is a turning point. There's this cultural backlash because change yeah, is happening. Because things started to change. And then yeah. I think there was sort of a backlash to that change. And like yeah. we see that a lot with with the big shifts. Like there'll be some big political shift and then there's sort of backlash from it. And then everybody kind of regroups and then you keep moving forward yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. And I do think people are kind of in recovery right now from the backlash mm-hmm. situation. But that doesn't mean that I don't still firmly believe that we will start to move forward again yeah, eventually. Yeah, change happens slowly, then all at once. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So we will take a break and uh, tell you that this episode is also brought to you by Squarespace, and you can start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code isometric at checkout to get 10% off. And, you know, you, you probably need a website for something. If you don't need a website, you know somebody who needs a website, and you don't want to maintain that website for them. And you can go and help them get set up at Squarespace. You can get up set up yourself in minutes and you will be on the road and you will be all set to go. Uh, you can get a professionally designed website. You don't need to know how to code everything. You can set something up in like an hour and it'll look really good. Um, they have all kinds of state, state of the art technology behind the scenes to power your site. And they're the ones maintaining everything. So you don't have to worry about doing updates or anything like that. You just set up your content and you go. Um, you can even get an online store. You can go to uh, fandas.biz to see uh, a store in action. And uh, you can, of course, buy the incriminating evidence about Georgia still. It's still on sale at the shop. But there's <laughs> there's, there's other stuff, too, like a wallpaper of the four of us that, that a friend of the show, Kiva Bay, drew. And uh, uh, a picture of a panda with a spiky glove and a guitar machine gun that Frank Wu drew with, I think, another panda with a machine gun on top of its head that uh that you can buy also <laughs> because that's the awesomeness that frank does but so you can you can get your own store you can get a cover page just to be able to put up one a one-page announcement um they have live support through chat and email in new york dublin and portland so there's always somebody there to help you 
Um, and if you do know how to code and you want to make it go even further, they have their dev platform that's out of beta and available to everyone. So you can make their, your site do literally whatever you want. Uh, if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name. Uh, you can get exactly what your site's going to be called, and that's super important. Uh, and the plans at Squarespace start at just $8 a month. So you can go ahead right now and start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. Go to squarespace.com. When you do decide to sign up, make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for isometric. And thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay.fm. Uh, Squarespace, build it beautiful. Squarespace is awesome. Squarespace is the best. So, for real. Yeah. So this is the part of the show where we talk about games that we're playing this week. So Morgan, do you have uh, anything anything you play this week you want to talk about? Well, I am since I'm actively writing a dissertation Aww. right now as I'm speaking. Um, I'm I'm like a time capsule in that I haven't played games in like I don't know eight months or something like nothing really hardcore. Um, like my last really big binge was um, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, but I, I do play Hearthstone whenever I can. Yay. So, I mean, that counts. And I do love Hearthstone, even though I'm terrible at I'm it. pretty sure I'm, Steve plays it every week and he just doesn't mention it anymore. Much as I do with Street Fighter on this show. Yeah, no, I've got, I just got myself up to rank 11. Or, well, I ended the season at rank 12. So it's... Um, I don't know what that means. Is that good? Nice. I don't even know yeah, what that it's means. Uh, well, it said that it was top 15% of the people who played ranked in North America. So. And what class do you play? Uh, right now, I'm trying to make a token druid deck happen i mostly play hunter oh, i hate you hunters that's all i know about hunters is that i hate you yeah i got i i did the face hunter thing for a while because that was what you needed to do before mm-hmm. before the grand tournament in order to get anywhere and i've been moving over to a mid-range hunter in the last month and that's worked out uh sort of okay but i'm trying to make this token druid happen because tr- druid's really my first love and i, I i'm playing yeah. a mech shaman and it's fun, but it's not yeah. necessarily recommended. But I still yeah. like it. <laughs> I, they, they're trying to make shame in a thing, but the problem is that it's just there's so many of those spells have so much randomness that it's hard to be consistent with it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. See, we and we just now indicated something that we talked about earlier in the show. <laughs> yeah, because because Maddie and George have no idea what we're talking. Yeah, about. I don't know what you guys yeah. are saying. Uh-huh. I just started spacing out, diving. Off. Blah blah blah. See, and I'm in that middle blah, blah, thing 100. where like I kind of understand what Steve was talking about, like kind of, but like I, the like mid range and face hunter, like I kind of. No, it just makes me think You're of way face ahead of us from aliens, but <laughs> I'm assuming that's not what he means. Yeah, there. Well, there are different deck archetypes that they talk that once you start getting way down the rabbit hole, like I do, it's. Uh, you know, it they they're kind of shorthand for what the decks do, but it's so I, I a face hunter was like a really aggressive uh hunter deck that just either wins in five turns or it dies, and that's and there's it. like control and yeah. tempo and uh, but and I know yeah. that these words exist, but I really don't understand them, and that's why I'm a terrible yeah. Hearthstone uh, player. Well, you don't really. I mean, you you probably know what they mean. You just don't know them by those by those terms. But it's sure it's just about it's just about how quickly the game how how long you expect the game to last. Pretty much, it's just if you're you know, an aggro ga- an aggro deck is more just trying to kill somebody in five turns before it burns out, and a tempo deck is trying to play something what they call on curve, where you're playing the the you're using up all your mana on every turn with something, so you're kind of building a more balanced deck. And then Steve is very sweet to be trying to explain this to us. I, <laughs> I you sorry, get I phased out there. Was was someone saying something? <laughs> oh, stop it, <laughs> Steve. What are you playing? Well, I. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not prepared. I usually go last. Are you, you guys don't let are me. You not you prepared? Usually let me go How this early. Not be prepared. Uh, 
Yeah, so, what do you need time to think about well, it? Well, no, no. I mean, other than other than Hearthstone, well, I got to get out of Hearthstone mentality okay. is what I need to do. But well, that's why I was asking you because I'm assuming you've been playing. Well, I have, I have been, but I mean, that goes without saying at this point. I mean, I, I did the Hearthstone. There's like a calculator that you can do that tells you how long, how much time you spent on it. Oh and goodness, how long have you spent? How long have you spent on it? It, it based on whatever I assume my run rate is, somewhere between 200 and 250 hours at this point. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a so, lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but you know I like it, so it's you know I, I feel good about playing it, so it's you know I'm not, I don't mind spending the tiny time in it. But I uh, I started playing Undertale Ooh. this week. Yeah. Is it as awesome as a, as it, the entire internet assures me that it, it is? It is. It is really, 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 really good. I've heard that it's also surprisingly hard. Is that it, true? It's kind of. I don't. I haven't gotten to a point where I've really super felt that it's hard, but it's okay. Kind of beware. Obtuse. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of obtuse. Like there's. I, I was reading um, an article. An article about it, talking about some of the things that it does because it's so the Undertale is like this eight bit style uh, JRPG type game. But people have been comparing it to Earthbound. Uh, all the humans have locked away all the monsters underneath this mountain. And somehow this girl gets trapped in the mountain and she's trying to find her way home. And so the, the twist to the game is that you can get out of pretty much any encounter without killing the monster. So you can fight them and they will die and then you'll get experience and you'll get stronger. But the alternative is to kind of figure out what makes them tick and then do the right combination of what they call actions. There's like fight and there's act. And if you can do the right things then you can spare them and you'll, you get no experience, but you get gold and it's as though you won the, the encounter. It's kind of interesting because like each one of these is like, there's this one monster who just doesn't want to be picked on. So you just don't pick on him. And then he, uh, you know, he feels better about himself and then you let him go. And sometimes you have to do it a few times. And there's this one person who's real, this one monster who's like really proud of his ice hat. And you kind of have to ignore the ice hat long enough that they start getting annoyed. And then you can, and then you can compliment it and they'll feel better. And then you can let them, you can spare them and stuff like that. So every encounter is kind of like a puzzle in that way where you're trying to figure out what makes them tick if you want to play it that way. Or you can do what they call a genocide run where you just basically <laughs> kill everything. <laughs> And apparently, from what I've read, because I'm not playing it that way, and I'm probably not going to go back and replay it, apparently this game, like, turns into, like, a horror game with you as, like, the slasher as as you start doing that. It's kind of like a fable-type thing where the game starts changing and, like, the music will start changing. And it's it's really... It's it's cute. It It's both funny and it's really kind of punches you in the gut when it wants to. Uh, like, there was one encounter that... I could not figure out a way to get out without killing the the the, uh, the monster, and then I found out later that you could, and I felt like horrible about myself. And the game will do a really good job of making you feel horrible about making those decisions too. So it's uh, <laughs> and but apparently it'll even go back. Like if you try to restart it and you you kill something, like it will know and it will reference it like in the second playthrough after you restarted from the beginning. Um, there's a lot of like little hidden things in it that they took a lot of time figuring out i think that it's worth playing it it can kind of hit you emotionally if you're not prepared for it though but it, it also has a lot of cute and funny sequences that are, are kind of delightful I'm, I'm maybe an hour and a half or two hours into it but i'm really really impressed with it it is so far at least it's as good as the internet says it is so hmm. that's really cool yeah usually one can trust the internet on such things yeah if everybody says something is good it's probably worth at least checking out at least taking yeah. a look at 
Yeah, and Laura Hudson wrote a really beautiful piece on Offworld about it too. That you should absolutely read. That I'll link in the show notes too. That 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 was what sold me on it because I was kind of like I heard I was the same way. Like I heard the internet freaking out about it, and then I'm like, okay, well I should get around to this. And then I read this piece by Laura Hudson. And I'm like, okay, fine. I need to play this game already. And it is it is as good as advertised. So I, I can't recommend it enough so far. If if that changes once I get through, I'll let you know. But so far, it's as good as everyone says it is. So yay, uh, yay. So Georgia, what are you playing? Okay, so on Candy Crush Soda, they had a little update where you got to be the Bubble King. And so what you do, what you do is you play these five little tiny mini levels. And if you pass all five of them in a row on one life, you get to reign supreme as the Bubble King or Queen, I would assume. But since the game is made by King, it's kind of cute. Anyways, you're the Bubble King. And then you get like a whole bunch of lives, a whole bunch of... um, extra coins for things, you get a bonus candy, and uh, you have your little picture that reigns supreme until, until someone else passes those five levers and levels and knocks you off. And so whenever that starts up, I am obsessively playing this to get to be Bubble King for the entire time. And so besides uh, the Plants vs. Zombies update, which was so much fun, I've, I've been playing that in Candy Crush Code Soda. Um, even though I we we are getting an update to um, oh I can't forget the four player game that we're playing with my kids we're playing getting powerful that. yes we're getting that on Saturday so we're gonna play that as well but it's it's I'm I'm just playing is there any is there any DLC coming out for that yeah oh yeah I wonder if that's coming out for PS4 also I have that I like that game a lot but I it's really cute really. Yeah, I should teach the kids to play it so I can actually spend that's, some time playing that's it. That's what my my kids do. They 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 play yeah. it and uh, and it's good because it's it's still fun for them. So yeah, and all the characters are girls by default, so that helps my daughters too. Mm. But so uh, so Maddie, what are you playing? Okay, so I know it's not obvious because I've been utterly killing it on this show but i'm actually really sick right now <laughs> and i feel like total crap I would never so know. um everybody Aww. is sick zach is sick and then i became Aww. sick so Aww. um the only thing that i've been playing this week is actually when i haven't been able to sleep because i don't feel good i like wander off into the other room in the middle of the night and i play peggle on my phone Oh, that's right. I've been playing Peggle, which on this very show, I admitted a couple weeks ago that I had barely played it all to the point where I couldn't distinguish it from other casual games. And I was mocked by Brianna Wu, (laughs) Peggle expert, for not knowing anything about Peggle. And deservedly so, because Peggle is actually pretty friggin' complicated and I'm terrible at it and I don't understand how to get better at it. So it is physics. It is physics, but there's other elements too, like different colors that you can hit for different results, which I don't fully Mm -hmm. understand because it isn't made clear at all what happens. (laughs) And there are definitely times when different things happen and I'm like, I feel like if I were Brie, then I would know why that just happened, but I'm Maddie, so I don't understand it at all. And it's the middle of the night and I'm sick and I'm lying on my couch playing Peggle. So clearly I'm not going to like go ask anybody for help here. Um, but it, it actually is like a pretty relaxing thing to do when you're really sick. And 
it's been really nice. Um, I actually still have played some Street Fighter in spite of being sick, but I know nobody wants to hear about that. But uh, <laughs> about as much as so, they want to hear about me, even me and Hearthstone. So yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but I so yeah, it's not like I haven't been playing any any Street Fighter guys. Don't worry, I'm not so sick that I haven't still been playing Street Fighter. But mostly, I actually have been playing a lot of Peggle, which is really weird. That's wonderful. So, that makes me really yeah, happy. specifically, yeah. it's Peggle Blast. Um, oh, and I haven't gotten super far in it yet. Oh, is Peggle Blast like a controversial one for me well, to be yeah, playing? Well, yeah, that's the that's the free to play one that they ruined with the free to play mechanics. I think I play paid for it though. So, oh, did you? Huh. I don't I th- know. I could I be wrong. Know. I'm willing to buy Peggle. I'll yeah. buy a different one. Peggle two for if the I PS4 should. is good too. Yeah, but I want something I can play on my phone. Oh yeah. There's a lot of different Peggles. Um, so anyway, I'm open for people to tweet at me either Peggle tips, beginner Peggle tips, because I'm a noob and I still haven't surpassed um, the first world of of Peggle Blast. I'm almost at the end. I tried to to beat sort of. There's sort of like a boss level that I can't get past because I'm not very good. No, um, that might be that might be the free to play stuff getting. It in your could way, be. Though. Yeah, it could be that. Um, but also it's that they just have it be really hard and then they're like, don't you want to buy more gems or whatever? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't. <laughs> so, um, but I think if I were good, I would probably be able to keep playing. I actually no, do I saw think Brie that. tweeting about it and she said that even her, even she, Oh, she couldn't do it. it. All right. Yeah. Then I feel better, yeah. but I still don't think I'm very good. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> I am not good at this game. So let me know Twitter and and people of the universe which peggle i should get for my phone yep. so that i can have one on my phone and also um because i don't want to boot up the ps4 if it's late you can uh, get peggle classic for a dollar and that's that's the good one okay yeah i'll totally get peggle classic and also people should let me know peggle tips i would welcome peggle tips all right that's it for me so georgia you had uh you had a bunch of stuff you want to touch on on housekeeping before we get out of, before we get out of here yeah sure um i was on the clockwise podcast um which was a lot of fun and uh, I did tech news tonight and uh, also the Kokiaba Fitness Podcast. I probably said that wrong. I'm so sorry, Bill, uh, which was great. It was a lot of fun. And it's a fitness podcast where we talked about the psychology of fitness and health. Um, and this is not me, but I guess I'm going to plug something of Maddie's because she's too um, <laughs> modest. To I never it, plug but, my own things, but go um, for it. I am pretty great. I want to. I want to make sure that uh, people go and play Kiva Bay's game, Twine game that she put out. Twelve hours. Yeah, although I actually have nothing to do with it. Kiva used my music. She did use my music, but I did yeah. not actually contribute to well, the game in any way. I, I'm, 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 I'm giving well, you more credit, than, but she than you used are. songs that I wrote for something else. Like I didn't write the music for the game. She just chose them on her own and use them in the game. Well, so. in my head canon, you composed those songs specifically for her. So. I didn't, though. So <laughs> let's not lie about what happened. Kiva used her curatorial skills to choose those songs, and they happened to be my songs, but they could have been any songs. Um, and she masterminded all the creativity of the game, she, which people should check out. She, yeah, you she should definitely play. chose wisely. <laughs> you could say that you could say that if you like the songs yeah but it's a twine game about that's based on her experiences being homeless and the idea is that you it's like at the beginning of the evening and you need to stay awake for 12 cool. hours and huh. stay you know make choices to keep yourself out of jail and from somebody attacking you and uh you know try, maybe try to catch some place to sleep if you can or try to get something to eat if you can and it was i played it through a couple of rounds i never i did not do very well <laughs> but it's uh it's really it's really good and you should you should go and check that out 
Yeah, it's it's really it's, intense. Too, it's very so. intense. Yeah, don't don't make sure you're in the right frame of mind for it. But it it's it's worth it's worth your time. Yeah, Kiva chose my most depressing songs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't play that. Don't play that game with the sound off either, because you know what's wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, that's actually yeah. bringing it full circle. Oh. You have to listen to music and games because what if I composed it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Morgan, where can people find out more about you and uh, all the stuff that you're doing? Well, I am on Twitter as Roulette, R-H-O-U-L-E-T-T-E. Um, and I talk about the stuff that I'm doing all the time. So there will be updates about the as-of-yet-unannounced thing on there. Awesome. Oh. Is that Morgan's theme? It's Morgan's theme. <laughs> all right. It's awesome. What What is happening right now? <laughs> it's like a super intense theme. I think all of our themes are going to be intense. I don't know. I'm digging this. I think this. George is trying to get us to meditate again. There we go. I like that. <laughs> that was rad. Uh, anyway, as far as uh, as we're concerned, you can go find the show notes for the show and every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can uh, rate and review the show on iTunes. We absolutely appreciate that. And you can send your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. We are, as always part of the amazing relay.fm network where you can hear Georgia on clockwise this week and you can hear Bree's other technology show rocket and a whole bunch of other great shows. And you can follow all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at isometric show. I am at wicked good. Bree is at space cat gal and Maddie, where can people find you? Wait, 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 Steve, you have to say oh. you again. I have yeah, to see Steve. me again. Me this again. is your theme song. <laughs> Isn't that song so good? It sounds pretty good. That's so good. I could I could listen to that all day, except not off of a phone into George's microphone. <laughs> Just imagine how good it would sound if it, if it were not playing off of a phone into a microphone. That, that, that uh, yeah. would just be wrong, though. That's true. We, we, we have can't... to listen to the songs this way. Yes, that's the <laughs> only way the we're only allowed way. to listen to songs. This is completely the only way. That this we is can that's do actually it. why you're paying fifteen dollars for Apple Music to be able to listen to music yeah. off of oh a phone. Oh my god! Of, you pay you pay an extra five dollars to listen to music. Is this off how of we're going to get phone. Apple Music to sponsor our show? Yes, yes we're doing exactly. a terrible job. I, I don't know. Okay, well we can make. <laughs> so anyway, Maddie, that. where can people where can people find you on the internet? Oh. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. You can follow me on Twitter at Samus Clone, where everything is super spooky and industrial. <laughs> Oh, Do you hear those chords? How cool are those? That is right. so good. So neat. In Georgia, where can people find you? Oh, God. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this every week. Wait. This is fun. <laughs> like when we're all exhausted and we want the show to end. Let's, let's take a moment okay. to appreciate music. And you can find me. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. Oh, my God. Dowabunga! <laughs> yes, turn it up. Save the best for last. Do we have to wait for them? Okay, I was, I was waiting for that. And I can like feel myself overcoming this cold with every <laughs> note that's being played. You'll, you'll I'm just, like growing you'll just stronger. Run through like the blanket that Zach's wrapped himself in. And- oh my god! You just have to so say it. At- Instead, it goes Stephen. <laughs> yeah like it oh my god what oh. if somebody like cut together like an opening montage of us like turning around and it, oh, it would, would like say that. our names can and we do that that would be the coolest would be thing so ever i want stupid. that so bad 
I'll do uh, it later. Oh, no, okay. I won't. Let's pretend I'm going to do it. All right. <laughs> be Bye, everybody. <laughs> so th- thank you for listening. Thank you to Bree Tree and Squarespace for sponsoring the show. And uh, hey, is the show over? The show is so over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on the crack of luck.